Podicumans, and welcome to another episode of the Podicesis Podcast, a podcast about what Christians believe and why it matters. Uh, I'm Brett Maddox, and once again, we're joined by your very best friends, Jim Morrow, Alan Kaysen. How are you guys doing? What's up, guys? It's great to be back. Reveling in my Olympic gold from the last episode. Um, I yeah, bit into finally. it. It's actually chocolate. Yeah, finally. Finally. I'm proud of you for winning that gold. Absolutely. Thank you. <laughs> and thanks for sharing it with me, Jim. <laughs> well, you know, we have to keep our physical distance. So maybe next time if I leave you any. By the way, Podicumans, y'all need to know that Jim, just a second ago, as he was walking through his kitchen, stole his children's Pop-Tarts, stole his kids' last Pop-Tarts. And all I'm saying is right now, as he's recording this episode, his children are crying in the la- in the next room. Um, and just to speak into that a little parenting <laughs> advice, uh, I'm willing to take a risk for the safety of my children. A Pop-Tart is a very unhealthy, complex carbohydrate with a lack of vitamins and minerals. <laughs> And now that I have ingested it, they do not have to. There you go. It's all for the children. That's all it is. It's all oh. for the <laughs> I believe just, in the children of the world. He was just trying to help them increase in the grace. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yes. Well, I increase in the waste. <laughs> <laughs> all right there. Okay. So yeah, we, are. Uh, we are glad to be with y'all once again. Hope y'all are doing well. Um, hit us up on social media at Podakesis, which is where you can find us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, and leave us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. That just helps us repeat and helps people find us when they're looking for the best Wesleyan podcast in all the world. So uh, we are so glad uh, that y'all are with us. Today, we're going to look at um, question 36 of John Wesley's revision of the Shorter Catechism. And um, the question goes like this. What are the benefits that in this life do accompany or flow from justification, adoption, and sanctification? And I should note that uh, John Wesley once again, scratched out adoption. Answer? 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 I'm just still blown away by Wesley's audacity. But, audacity. Um, mm-hmm. I know. I'm still blown away by your use of big words. I know, me too. <laughs> <laughs> Catches me by surprise every single time. He goes on Google, how do you pronounce? <laughs> um, and so I'm going to throw some more big words at you. Uh, so it. the answer to the question is the benefits that in this life do accompany or flow from justification and sanctification are assurance of God's love, peace of conscience, joy in the Holy Spirit, increase of grace, and perseverance therein to the end. So um, in short, what we're going to say is the benefits, there's a lot. There's plenty. <laughs> There's a lot. Going I like, on. you know, this is going to be a fun, this can be a fun one. Um, I like how it talks about what are the benefits in this life. Yes. And absolutely. we'll talk about the other terms as well, because, you know, it's, we're not just talking about the, well, you'll go to heaven after you die kind of situation. Mm-hmm. We're talking about the benefits that come in this life, which is a really cool thing right. um, to talk about. Absolutely. You know, uh, and I think it, it, it bears, to say um, at this point, you know, salvation does is not something that starts in the afterlife or in, you know, when we die. Salvation is 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 a reality that begins when we come to the when we come to know Jesus. It is something that we can live into right now. So um, I agree with you, Jim. That's awesome. 
All right, so we're going to go ahead and look at the scripture proofs like we do all the time as we uh, look at why this matters, why this uh, matters to us today. And so uh, we're going to turn to that now. Our first scripture proofs today come from the book of Romans. Uh, First, we have Romans 5, 1 through 2, and verse 5. And what you're going to see here in the Romans section especially is it's literally just lifting up some of the benefits named in the question. So Romans 5, uh, 1 through 2 and 5. Therefore, since we have been made right in God's sight by faith, we have peace with God because of what Jesus Christ our Lord has done for us. Because of our faith, Christ has brought us into this place of undeserved privilege where we now stand, and we confidently and joyfully look forward to sharing God's glory. And verse 5, and this hope will not lead to disappointment. For we know how dearly God loves us, because he has given us the Holy Spirit to fill our hearts with his love. And that uh, today I'll be, I'm reading from the New Living Translation, because I have a fancy version of it on my desk, and it made me want to pick it up. (laughs) But one of the things that is beautiful here is if you just focus on it in light of this question, um, we have peace with God. And that's such an easy thing to say. But when you listen to it, when you think about it, and uh, we've recently been talking about over in my parish neck of the woods, um, what is what are we yearning for at deeper levels? Where are we not at peace? And to think how the peace of God is uh, seeps like water does into all the cracks and crevices of our souls. What a beautiful thing. And Paul in Romans really does tie these wonderful benefits like peace and love Uh, directly to our faithfulness in God's work, because he says, therefore, since we have been made right in God's sight by faith, or in other translations, justified by faith, we have. So that's precious. I'll show you one more, uh, read to you one more from the book of Romans. This is uh, just one verse, chapter 14, verse 17. And we read, for the kingdom of God is not a matter of what we eat or drink, Hey, did y'all let me read this right after I ate Pop-Tarts on a re- for a reason? <laughs> I'm feeling convic- convicted by the Holy Spirit here. Alan, you did this. I'm going to back up and uh, say Alan's fault all the time. <laughs> for the kingdom of God is not a matter of what we eat or drink, but of living a life of goodness and peace and joy in the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. I'm going to let that one sit by itself. When I like the peace of God, you know, we have this, um, so there's peace, this, there's peace with God that's made through justification, through, um, um, the guilt of our sin being, um, basically declared not guilty. So right. we were, we were enemies of God. Um, we were, um, yeah, we were enemies of God, and right. and yet through Christ, uh, we have peace with God. And then there's the day-to-day peace with God, just sort of the resting in the presence mm-hmm. of God. Mm-hmm. There's the, you know, there's the moment of justification, and then there's living in the sanctification peace with God. Um, so before Christ, we were in conflict with God, and now in Christ, we are just resting in the presence of God. And sometimes we just need to remind ourselves to just, you know, be in the presence and the peace 
of God amidst all the conflict and everything else that's just surrounding us. Um, so, um, that, that's so good, Alan. I was listening to this other podcast. Um, oh gosh, no, another feel, podcast, oh. another podcast. <laughs> Are we not good enough for you? <laughs> I was listening to this other podcast, the reclamation podcast is a really great, uh, podcast on spiritual practices and, and whatnot. And, uh, they had uh, they had this guest on named um, Rob Ulmer, who's a pastor, and he was talking about this very thing, and um, he likened salvation to Sabbath, um, like eternal Sabbath. Um, and you know, he 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 went back all the way to the Genesis story where of, of creation, and he said, you know, the pen, penultimate, uh, the the climax of the creation story. Um, we as humans, we like to think that the climax of the creation story was when God created us. But actually, the climax of the creation story is when God said, rested. When he took his throne and rested over his creation. And so salvation, in a sense, is, uh, is the, and peace, that's where I was going with this, joy and peace is a, uh, it's a reclamation, it's a, it's, a, it's a retaking, if you will, um, of Sabbath, like eternal Sabbath of, um, of, of resting in God's presence. And, uh, man, that's that, that Alan, you saying that really just sparked that for me. Um, good stuff. Um, <clears throat> Jim, you said something earlier that really stuck out to me as well. A uh, peace. Uh, how do we de- define peace? You know, is it just the absence of strife? There's peace in my life because no one's against me. Or is there something deeper to this? And Paul being not just a good Greek and Roman, he's a good Jew. I think he'd be pulling from a Jewish definition of peace, of shalom, of wholeness, right? Without a doubt. Yeah. Yeah. And that's, yeah, absolutely. Um, Peace is the word shalom in the Hebrew, um, which is more than just a a greeting that might be used. You can see that even in modern Hebrew language. Um, and it's more than just the word that means the absence of conflicts or a feeling of tranquility. It's actually a deeply theological term that comes in meaning absolute wholeness as all is intended to be incomplete and absolute divine given harmony. And you can see that in the culmination of the Sabbath story. You can see that again, um, all throughout you have, uh, in the old Testament law with the year of Jubilee seeks to set things at Shalom. Um, and that's a part of, in my mind and in, uh, much language about the term holiness includes the concept of wholeness, shalom, mm-hmm. because salvation, for example, the root of that word is salve, like a salve that you would put on an ointment, you would put on a burn or a wound. It is a mending, a uh, medical treatment, um, to make things whole at shalom. So holiness and salvation have to do with healing of a variety of things, making things whole, as well as sanctifying them into holiness, according to all of the other uses of the term. Man, yeah, that's good. All right. Uh, we just went look- to school and church at the same time. That was awesome. <laughs> I know. <laughs> <laughs> Got it. You know, already at the very beginning of this episode, I think we're, at least for me, I'm, I can't speak for y'all or for the rest of the listeners, but it really feels like the Lord is, is wanting to teach us something about this in this life, peace and joy. 
I, I wonder how many of us listening and how many of us, you know, of us three who are talking right now need some peace and joy in our lives at this moment and um, how it seems fleeting almost, especially with current events and news of the day. And we got to remember that, you know, a word that the, a phrase that the Lord has been putting on my, my heart, my mind in the last couple of weeks is eternal optimism that we as Christians our perspective, our glass, our glasses, our, our our filters, everything that we are because of the resurrection and because of the lordship of Jesus, like the way we look at things should be completely different and focused optimistically. And yet so many times we respond to the things in the world around us so pessimistically. I know I ha- I do, and I, I'm the first, I'm the chief of sinners in that sense, I guess. So, um, mm. Wow, well, yeah, good. I think it's all about what we're putting in. You know, what are we taking in? Um, are now we, you're preaching. Well, now I you're mean, preaching, Alan. I mean, listen, are we taking in CNN and Fox News and 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 all the other stuff, or are we taking in the Word of God? Are we taking in um, accountability? Are we taking in um, small group? Are we taking in the fellowship of believers? I mean, what are we taking in? Because what we take in directly affects what we what we put out, what we think, how we think, what we say. Um, and because, I mean, you're not the only one, Brad. I mean, I've, I see this just in my own ministry that um, we get so focused on, I don't know, just all the craziness of the world because we're that's all we're focused on. Um, and, and, of course, if that's all we're watching, if that's all we're seeing, then yeah, we're going to think, man, this, this is way worse than 50 years ago. Well, 50 years ago, that's not what you were focusing on. Um, it's always been bad. I mean, it's always been, there's always been rough places in society and rough moments in history. Um, and so what are we putting in? Are we putting in, are we putting in all the junk? Are we putting in God's word? Are we putting in the Holy spirit? Are we putting in accountability? Um, yeah, I think, I think that, I think that matters. Um, Another thing that I think that matters is the amount of bandwidth that we have left in our own lives. So for example, um, to add right to your concept, Alan, if I am utilizing all of my bandwidth to be mindlessly numbed by input, 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 and social media in my phone screen and my television screen, um, then I'm taking up bandwidth. So when anything that causes anxiety comes my way, I have no margin to deal with it because I have taken up all of my space with things that I have no control, no input and no influence over. And so when anything does come up, it, it's just the, the straw that breaks the camel's back and that we are no camels have been harmed in the production <laughs> of this episode, but you get my point. Yeah. Well, I think um, just to bring it back to full circle to the question, the answer is that, I mean, God wants us to enjoy these, these things, these benefits that we, you know, assurance that God loves us, peace of conscious peace with God, joy in the Holy spirit, increase of God's grace and perseverance to the end. God wants us to enjoy all. I mean, and these are just, I mean, I feel like these are not all, it's not an exhaustive list of the benefits of justification and sanctification in our lives. Uh, I think we could all come up with some more. And so, and God wants to us to enjoy this. Going back to what Brett said, in this 
life. If not, then mm. what are we doing? You know, like if, <laughs> I mean, we, we just got our ticket to, to heaven and then now we're just going to ride it out. Like <laughs> that makes no sense to me. I love, uh, I don't know if anybody's uh, reading the daily text from, um, uh, um, JD Walt, um, and Seedbed. But currently, just this week, he started he started the series on the second half of the gospel. Mm. It really ties into what we're talking about, and and so the first half of the gospel is justification and and um, uh, getting our ticket to heaven, sort of so to speak. And then the second half of the gospel is living in God's sanctifying grace and living in these benefits that God wants us to get wants us to have, and um, and so that. Um, and so that when we, when we die and we breathe our last breath and we close our eyes and we, we go to heaven, we're just passing from this to the, I mean, it's like, it's almost like there's no, um, there's no break at all. I mean, if we're living in to God's grace here on this earth and all the benefits that it offers, then when we, when we, when we, when we breathe our last breath, it's just moving on to the, to, uh, to eternal presence with God. I mean, it's from this, from this life, human life to eternal life. And so, um, there's like no break at all. So anyways, I just, um, yeah, I mean, God wants us to live in this life, the benefits that he offers and, and bringing it completely full circle. I love that to enjoy these things, peace and joy and, and, and the Lord in this life. Why? Because our greatest, our chief end is what to glorify God and enjoy, enjoy him, him forever. Forever. Mm-hmm. Which, by the way, last time I looked up the definition of forever includes now. Oh, man, that was witty. <laughs> yeah, so, I mean, we got to think about it, too, that this, we are to enjoy this in this life first. I, I, I'm surprised that it didn't say um, that I'd have my 401k funded, that I would have the vehicle of my dreams and would always be healthy. I thought, according to um, some various personalities on the television, that those would be the benefits that I would have in this life. But these benefits are even better. And to Alan's point, if there's nothing to it now, then why in the world would God create us and have us live? The idea that comes from the catechism, from the scriptures, and especially uh, in our tradition, we believe in the Wesleyan circles, that God has created humanity for a purpose. And part of that is to be in deep union with them for us to have uh, work in stewarding creation and walking with God. There's something to that. And therefore for us to be redeemed would mean that we could be restored to that. Otherwise we're all just sitting here waiting for the, it's like a, one of those big crane games where you're trying to get a prize. You know, those games that you can never win. The claw, um, the claw. Yeah, the claw. So is, what are we doing? Just sitting there. Right. Doing nothing. We were created to wait for the claw to take us right um, up to heaven. Mm-hmm. That's a bad analogy, but I do like Toy Story had it out. right, man. Toy Story had oh. it right. <laughs> well, and I think um, carry on. I think in your in your passage from Romans uh, uh, five that was not in the Catechism, but the th- verses three and four, um, we boast in the hope of the glory of God. Not only so, but we also glory in our sufferings. Um, because we know that suffering produces perseverance, perseverance, character, and character hope. Um, and so, you know, you were talking about the 401k and all these things, the benefits. Um, 
what's amazing is that we can have all these benefits, even in our struggle, even our struggles and our sufferings. Um, and that, and that these benefits don't mean that we won't have sufferings and, and struggles. Um, right. You know, but that in those sufferings and struggles, we will still experience the grace of God, right. the, um, his peace, his joy, um, you know, and, 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 you know, it doesn't exempt us from um, sufferings and struggles, but it does promise that we will experience God's grace and presence through them. Um, and that, and that actually through them, we're, 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 we're becoming like Christ. Hmm. And, and hope does not disappoint. I think I read that somewhere. I think I read that somewhere. Yes. Proverbs 4, verse 18. Now, the thing about Proverbs, if you read anywhere in Scripture, context is king. You got to read the context, and we try to do that in some of these texts. But Proverbs is one of those few places in Scripture where you can read just one proverb, and you don't need to know the context around it, especially within the wise sayings themselves. There are a few places that are contextual in Proverbs. So uh, here we have a verse um, that says, verse 18 of chapter 4 of Proverbs, but the path of the righteous is like the light of dawn, which shines brighter and brighter until full day. Uh, the, the, this idea of a benefit of our salvation is being lights that shine in the darkness, uh, being changed, being transformed, and also being transformative agents within our community, within the world itself. Um, we're not just called to, um, you remember the old children's song, Hide It Under a Bushel? No. Hide it no, would you, would you, a bushel? No. I'm going to let it shine. <laughs> that was very nice. Thank could you. you do, could you do that a half step up for me? No. No, let's move on. <laughs> I was I, I was gonna you make trying. an honest he, attempt. He was, he was he was getting the breath in. He uh, was trying. Heaven. Yeah, I could have um, gone but, down. <laughs> that language, though, the path of the righteous, the life of the righteous, the life of those who have uh, been made, um, uh, who have been justified, who have been uh, the guilt has been taken away. The path of the righteous is like the light of dawn, which shines brighter and brighter until full day. Uh, that's a good word for us. And I like that there's also the idea that the sun comes up or the dawn dawns all the way up to full brightness Yeah, where the path of the righteous is something that grows ever brighter Yeah, as we lean into mm-hmm. the grace of God to grow into the fullness of our union with him. Right. So we might be like the morning sun that begins to peak over and our goal is. Yeah. And our, and our destination, it's like this, the target that Dr. Kisker was talking about in the last episode yeah. is we will stand high in the noonday sun, bright, shining, uh, et cetera. That's a good, also a good vision to remind us of the target and beauty of the righteous life. From justification to sanctification there with that imagery there. That's uh, mm-hmm. beautiful, beautiful. All right, what do we have next? We've got um, 1 John five thirteen. Um, in this letter, uh, John writes, I write these things to you who believe in the name of the Son of God so that you may know that you have eternal life. And so we're talking about the assurance of God's love, the assurance of eternal life. And um, what I find interesting in, in, the, in John's gospel, um, at the end, in chapter 20, he um, has this little, little, two little verses 
Um, and it says, Jesus performed many other signs in the presence mm. of his disciples, which are not recorded in this book. But these are written that you may believe that Jesus is the Messiah, the Son of God, and that by believing you may have life in his name. Um, and so this is whole idea that, again, we go back to may have life and life to the fullest in this life. Um, eternal life begins now and, uh, and that you can have assurance of, of God's love and, and so live confidently in the grace of God in this life. So apparently in Wesley's day, his teaching on assurance, specifically after Aldersgate, um, was kind of a scandalous thing within clergy circles within uh, the the church um, during that day. Uh, I, I think some of the teaching that was coming from more popular kind of scholars, religious scholars, and even maybe agnostic scholars, if I remember my readings right on this, was that how can we say we are assured of our salvation? How can we say, how can we be so sure um, uh, that we are children of God or that there is a God or any of this kind of a thing? Um, and I do find it interesting in Wesley's uh, journal entry from uh, his from the Aldersgate experience that he would have. Um, he talks about being assured about that assurance that was within him from his salvation. What is it he said? He said, um, "I felt my heart strangely warm. I felt I did trust Christ and Christ alone for a salvation, and assurance was given me that He had taken away my sins, even mine, and, and saved me." the law of sin and death. Uh, so this assurance, like, like it was more than just an experience. There was a sense within him of, yeah, this really happened. This really and it's has, mine. And it's mine, yes. You know, another thing I was reading this journal as and prepping for this episode, I was reading this journal entry again. And if you're a good Wesleyan preacher, you've read you read this journal about once every six weeks to see how it can fit in your sermons. Sure, yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. And um, and I was struck by this. So we get back to joy. Wesley talks about in his journal, like he had this assurance and this understanding, but he he expected this kind of wave of joy to wash over him. And in the moment it didn't happen. He was, uh, he was, he was questioning. He, he would even say that, um, it was not long before the enemy suggested that this cannot be faith for where is thy joy? I, I don't know what he was expecting, or maybe he didn't know what to expect himself from this experience that he had had. But the next day when he woke up, he talks about waking up in this joy that would wash over him, that would be upon him. Um, and, and taking that, taking that with him. I thought, I thought that was interesting. So when we talk about joy, we're not talking necessarily about some sort of instantaneous happiness that may wash over you. That can happen, of course. Uh, but joy, there's something deeper that's tied into hope and peace and all this other stuff that grows within us as we uh, grow in our faith in Christ. Mm. Now, assurance also is an interesting thing because this first John passage, it says, so that you may know. Yeah. Like it's almost got that tone of without question, like so that you can know. Yeah. And assurance being somewhat of a, a theological hot potato, preachers really get up in arms about the silliest things. Um, but the catechism talks about, uses the phrase, it says, and perseverance thereon to the end. 
Now, if you are have been paying attention, perseverance is a loaded theological term coming out of our Calvinist tradition where the Westminster Catechism comes from. You have the tulip situation where it's perseverance of the saints, whereas in all those whom God has chosen have been saved and will always be saved whether or not whatever they choose. I know that's not a very nuanced position, but that's the idea. Um, assurance next to perseverance is an interesting dynamic because whereas in John Wesley would say that all are called and we participate by our assent to faith in our salvation, that we have a conditional uh, faith. It's not thrust upon us, but we can be assured of it. Someone who comes out of um, maybe the Westminster Catechism strain of theological thinking would say, the only way you could be assured is if you are elect. But Wesley would say that you don't have to have the theological construct of un uh, unconditional individual election to be assured of your faith. Mm. So in, in I'm speaking in broad strokes now, but in the Calvinist paradigm, you would never have assurance of your faith if you were not elect. And so let's say, for example, you had some kind of neurosis, or you are a perfectionist like me, which is kind of a neurosis. And you always wonder <laughs> if you actually have what you have or you're worth what you think you uh, people think you should be. If you had that kind of outlook on your faith, then you might very well say, gosh, I guess I'm just not elect to begin with. Mm -hmm. So Wesley's uh, assurance is both a description of his experience, understanding of scripture, um, and also a piece of the theological framework that closes the loop in the relationship of um, perseverance and Calvinism. And it's also funny that first John, if I understand it right, Wesley drew a lot on first John and enjoyed that book quite a lot. It's interesting that the Westminster divines here would use that uh, passage there to undergird perseverance. perseverance That's yeah. just my nerdy conversation, yeah. but so I like let it. Let me ask you guys a question. So um, do you, do you, do you feel like assurance is, um, a, a constant state that we should live in or is it an experience that we have? And if so, do, is, is it, do we have multiple experiences of mm -hmm. assurance and, or is it both? I'm just, uh, I'm just thinking out loud live on the podcast. I would say that it's a both situation. Um, in the same way that we are saved and living into our salvation, where you have the idea of I was saved, am saved, and am being saved, that it might come in waves. There's, there's a sense like you could almost classify where Wesley talks about it in his Aldersgate experience is almost that second blessing oh, yeah. uh, right. mm -hmm. or, or the second half of the gospel that it very often might come as an event, as some might call it a, um, an outpouring of the Spirit. Um, and we're talking about is if you look at the back of our edition of Wesley's revision of the catechism offered by Andrew Thompson with commentary by George MacDonald, he talks a lot about the first and the second parts of our salvation, the double cure, whereas in, for example, we are given the Holy Spirit for the power of regeneration, but then we are given the spirit to partake in the divine life as a mm -hmm. second outpouring of sorts. Mm -hmm. So yeah, for assurance, I would say that there are moments where we need additional assurance. Um, we will probably 
be given along and along, but I think that it comes both and. I would, I would agree with that. I would also say that it could be assurance could be one of those things within our hearts that probably wanes the more we allow other things to creep into our lives uh, because we try to put our hope into those things. So going back to the conversation earlier where Alan was talking about, it's about the stuff you put in. Mm. So if you're relying on that stuff, on the stuff that's built on fear and manipulation and, uh, uh, you know, worldly things and things that are not of Christ, even things that are not necessarily bad things, but they are not life-giving in the sense of eternity, in the sense of who we were created to be, if those are the only things we're putting in, then those are the things that we're trying to hold on to. Those are the things we're trying to find meaning in. Those are the things that we're trying. And even as us as believers, this is one of the things I think that was really wise about Wesley's teaching and Arminian teaching here is that even though we give our lives to Jesus and we grow in Christ, when we start filling our lives with those things that are not of Christ, then those things start taking prominence and we get in danger. We, that there's danger in that. And, there, and part of that is we can lose hope. We can lose our assurance of our salvation. We can start questioning God. I, I, I wonder how many people have walked away from the faith for various reasons, turned their back on Jesus, because at one point they were so assured that they were his child. But then they allowed these things to keep feeding into them and feeding into them and feeding into them. And these things, and so they start taking and putting their hope in those things mm. and turning away from Christ when eventually they had no assurance that they were a child of God anymore. So there was no hope there. And so they started believing the lie, the lie of the enemy or the lie of themselves or the lie of sin itself, that there is no God, or if there is, he doesn't love me. And they just walk away from it. So perhaps, yes, we can have that assurance. I, 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 I think assur- our assurance of our salvation, there's a lot of it that probably has to do with what we're putting in what we're allowing to feed us. Yeah. And, and I would nuance that just to say that what we're putting in, what we're allowing to feed us is allows us the condition with which we would welcome the Holy spirit amen. to yeah, give us correct. the yes. gift of assurance. Absolutely. Yes. 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 Amen. 100. And yes, absolutely. You were going to say 110%, which doesn't exist. That's not, so, yeah, I didn't want to be called. Alan, what do you, Alan, what do you think? You asked the question. I yeah. love it. No, I, I asked question. the question because I didn't know the answer. No, I, yeah, but we're I, Socratic people here. So. I know. I really, I really wanted to hear you guys talk, but I absolutely agree. I think it's, a, um, um, <laughs> uh, I like to hear me talk yeah, too. Don't well, worry. No, like, Cause we talk about Wesley's Aldergate experience as this, you know, um, mm-hmm. sort of formative moment in his life. And it was, um, but I have to believe that like, you know, there's probably other moments in his life in ministry, just yeah. like, yeah, there's, there's, our, there's moments in our lives, you know, it's like where I'm, I'm going, I'm riding the wave of routine and whatnot and sort of, um, sort of miss my eyes are not fully open and you have moments where like, Oh yeah, that's, that's, that's why I'm still doing this thing called ministry. That is why God, um, 
you know, has called me to this. That is why, you know, yes, God loves me. And I, you know, and so I think we all, we have those moments along the way that, that reassure us or give us assurance. Um, and I think it's, and I think it's, I think it's a state we're supposed to be in like joy and peace and, 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 and the others, um, that it's, you know, no matter what's going on, we're supposed to be in that state, but depending on what's going on around us and what we allow to, to go around us and affect us, God gives us those moments of assurance. That's, yeah. So, um, you also have the, um, uh, it allows us to discern the speaking, it got the voice of God. And, and I'm drawing on, I think I listened to the same episode, Brett, of the Spirit and Truth Network podcast, the Reclamation podcast yeah. with Rob Ulmer as a guest, yeah. um, where he talked about how God speaks and how God doesn't speak. That guy was a gem. I mean, yes. Let's give a shout out to, is it Rob Ulmer? Rob Ulmer. Yeah, that Let's is the husband. shout out to Rob. That's the husband of Maggie Ulmer, who's the managing editor of Firebrand Magazine, of Spirit and Truth and Firebrand Magazine and all that. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah, yeah cool. you, you start, you're starting to sound interesting there. Um, <laughs> but it helps us to know because God, God's voice is not a condemning voice. Mm. And I think, I think that's oh, a quote from him. That's right. And so to be able to say that, I know that God is not going to then come back at me and say, well, you're a horrible, horrible wretch of a person. You are never, that is not a voice, the voice of God. That's the voice of an enemy that would seek to kill and destroy. Um, so it also helps to discern, wow, this all of a sudden became an episode about assurance and I love it. <laughs> I do, it's yeah, good. I too. Uh, I'm, I'm going to read our last scripture and okay. then uh, we can go from there. But uh, first Peter one uh, verse five, but I'm going to read verses three through five. Uh, Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. In his great mercy, he has given us new birth into a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead and into an inheritance that can never perish, spoil, or fade. This inheritance is kept in heaven for you who through faith are shielded by God's power until the coming of the salvation that is ready to be revealed in the last time. And so again, assurance, perseverance, um, this inheritance. I mean, that's never perish, spoil, or fade. That's yeah. And the inheritance is adoption language as well. Yeah. And this is just a good place to to remind people. Uh, oh, we've had true. what three questions in a row where Wesley struck the word adoption from the text, and it's not as much that Wesley doesn't have a theology of adoption. Exactly. Simply, it is him trying to clarify these questions um not that he doesn't have a theology of adoption right um you know in in peter uh th- this is a letter that was written to um, churches that are struggling um that are experiencing all kinds of persecution christians who are slaves within households of pagans and being mistreated um, there's so much going on here, and Peter is 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 imploring these Christians to persevere, to not give up, to not stop, to to understand that there is an eternal hope, there is an eternal promise to keep our you know, to keep our eyes on the prize, right? To 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 keep moving forward, no matter what. Don't give up. And I wonder how many of our listeners, I. And I say, whenever I say how many of our listeners, really what I'm saying, I, I wonder if Brett Maddox needs to hear this. Yeah. Um, 
you know, it's, it's hard, um, to, when you feel you, I've just been filling myself so much with what's going on around us. And it's important stuff with the rise of the Delta variant and the surges that are happening and the return of certain protocols within public spaces. And I find myself angry and throwing my hands up in the air, wanting to give up, you know, wanting to, I'll, I'll be honest. There have been times that I've wondered if I just, if, if being in the ministry is just even worth it. Mm. And, um, it's been, it's been, it's been hard and it's not just me. And I was listening to a podcast, um, not too long ago about all these pastors who are quitting. And I actually texted, uh, Alan and Jim when I heard this, because I'll be honest. I mean, I've thought that recently. Mm. And I know God's callings on our lives. There are certain callings to be a child of God. That's an eternal calling, right? Like it's just, this is a whatever. There are other callings that are seasonal. I get that too. But I never have felt that the Lord has called me into pastoral ministry as a seasonal thing. Hmm. And yet here I am wondering, am I just... Am I just done with this? Am I am I ready just to tap out? Because it's too hard. <laughs> like that's the reasoning behind it. I'm sitting here going, it's just too hard. And then you get these passages like this. To persevere, to press on. And these are these are our brothers and sisters in the past who were being beaten and murdered and belittled and made slaves and I mean just on and on and on. And by the way, it gets even rougher under certain rules of certain emperors in Rome. And the message of the apostles is do not give up. Hope doesn't disappoint. And so um, I know recently I've been convicted by this, convicted by this right here of persevering, enduring to the end, and doing it optimistically. I wasn't planning on sharing all that with everybody, but I mean, that's, I mean, that's where I've been, um, Mm. even of recent. And Alan and, and Jim both, whenever I texted them, they, they made a, a little just kind of throwaway line, but it wasn't throwaway. It really, it hit me, and it is. I wonder how many of these pastors who have quit were didn't have a small group, didn't have a band of brothers or sisters, didn't have people a support, you know, people supporting and lifting them up and holding them accountable and being there for them. And uh, I think one of the reasons why I haven't thrown in the towel is that I do have my support group. I have my brothers. I have this band of brothers here. I've got my, I've got my class. I got my 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 S three group. I've got all the. I've got these groups of people who 
I just know are there pulling for me and holding my feet to the fire as well. Yeah. And I think, um, we wouldn't let you quit, (laughs) (laughs) um, but I think, I think if any pastor's honest, if every pastor's honest, we've all been there. We've all, we've all, if not had one moment, we've had many moments of saying, okay, am I done? Um, and then I think about our, our listeners, um, who are made up of clergy, but also lay people. And I wonder how many of them have, you know, wanted to quit whatever it was, maybe it was life itself. Mm -hmm. Um, and their marriages, marriages, relationships, jobs, um, whatever. And, you know, just God wants more, uh, wants to give us more in this life as we've been talking about. And he, and, um, and he wants us. And so I, you know, I hope, I hope, I hope our listeners have groups and people that they can um, call on and and lean on and hold them up and hold them accountable, because I do think that is part of as we've we've mentioned in prior uh, um, prior episodes about the, the band and class meetings and Wesley circles about um, that is a practical way of God's sanctifying grace working in our lives and uh, keeping us persevering and, and giving us assurance. So uh, I, hope, a, I hope we all have our groups. There's a pastor that I've, I've paid attention to for a little while. He's really great. I can't remember what church he's out of. Uh, Rich Velotis, I think he might have been related to Pete Scazzaro's ministry. Um, and he put out some something on the Twitter uh, the other day over the interwebs on the Google machines. <laughs> um it said, uh, yes, we are often hurt in community, but it is in community that we must find our healing. Um, we remember that we're an inherently social faith by design and you know, creation and et cetera. How else are you going to know Yeah, love? Yeah. I mean, think about what God did, right? Yeah. So God, God in the beginning walks anthropomorphically with Adam and Eve. So there's a sense of physical withness there, withness. Uh, God shows up in clouds of fire and burning bushes, all physical acts of witness, um, culminating in God becoming flesh uh, in the incarnate son, Jesus Christ, the ultimate form of witness. And if we are the body of Christ as the church, we represent and in a way are the Christ in front of each other that says, I and our God love you. The peace that is between you and me is simply a foretaste of the peace that can be between you and God. The joy that we can share together as we do stupid stuff and tell jokes and some of us play nerdy board games or go hit the links with a round of golf is a sign of the joy that you can have. It's, it's like we need each other. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and I think that's part of the practical thing about what, you know, why does this matter? This is a benefit. I know it, you know it, and we know it looking in each other's eyes. So let's make it, let's help each other do that. Um, and a word to those who are struggling too, like when, when the scriptures are telling you to persevere, they're not asking you to simply give one more big oomph. Like, it's not like a pep talk as in, you've got one more rep in you, son. 
pick yourself up uh, by your bootstraps and get yeah. going. It's it's a matter of look, you are not alone. I am with you, God says. The scripture, like Peter is the apostles talking about speaking from you know, as himself with the community of faith, but also in light of who God is and what God does, you have the ability if you'll lean and yield on, on God. There are some, now some, some folks who are struggling in ministry or vocation, you know, it may be a legitimate call for a change. And I think that's okay. Yeah. But if you're, if you're burning out, you need somebody to, to look at you in the eye and say, I'm not going to let you do that. Or if you're overwhelmed or if it's hurting, um, I think it's spot on. What, why does this matter? Because this question helps us for one inform how we are going to be together. Yeah. Amen. Mm, wow. So I want to leave a uh, suggestion for a song for everybody. Uh, there's a, a new song uh, called... Please say it's DC Talk. Yes, DC it's Jesus new, Freak. It's New Thing by DC Talk. Is it, is it, the, is it the cheeseburger song from Veggie Tales? <laughs> it is. <laughs> or um, Where Is My Hairbrush? It's called... Where uh, Is My Hairbrush? <laughs> where, 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 where is my hairbrush? Oh, no. We are the sorry, pi- Brett, go, we are the pirates ahead. that don't say anything. All right, yeah. Now I can do anything. Like don't do anything. That's it. Do we have to pay royalties now? Uh, well, uh, Alan does. I just said I am it. the pirate. Oh. Okay, uh, uh, Brett, go, <laughs> go, go. Uh, uh, Andrew Rip. Uh, this is a new Christian song. Uh, Andrew Rip's got a song called "Rejoice," and um, the other day I was in my car just uh, wallowing in my own sorrow and. I, I, that's this song just came on and it started at the way it, it started out. And I was like, man, I, what is this? And then like this chorus and this organ hit. And I was like, okay, I, I hear you, Lord. <laughs> and uh, so, uh, yeah, it was um, rejoice and the words in it, just rejoice, no matter what, just rejoice, just rejoice, worship, worship. And I think if you don't know, what to do as a Christian, if you don't know what to do in the season of life you're in, do what we were created to do and worship. Throw on a song, an oldie, a new, it doesn't matter. Just throw on a song. Um, that's what the ancient Hebrews did with the Psalms. I would imagine that's what the Lord is calling us to do as well. So, um, man, what a good day. Hey, this is one of those, this is one of those episodes where, um, man, the spirit, wow, that was awesome. This has been great. This has been good for me at least. Um, hey, if nobody else enjoys it, we did. So <laughs> that's right. Absolutely. Um, I, I, think, do, I do have to ask one question. This yes. is really important. Yes. yes. If an old song is an oldie, <laughs> what is a new song? Is it a newie? <laughs> it's, it's a, a newsie. It's a Christian it's a newsy. It's a Christian bail. It's a it's a Christian group from the early nineties. Uh, it's a newsboy. <laughs> new song. New song. New song. It's oh, a new, new song. song. Oh. Yeah, new song. Yeah. Oh, nice. Oh, I mean, "Arise, My Love" by New Song. There's nothing. You know what like I'm really it. proud of Brett for right now? I'm, I'm, uh, yeah, I'm really proud of you for like really being brave and whatever. But I'm glad that you just made a reference past the eighties <laughs> and have edged into the nineties. <laughs> so I'm proud, proud of you. Brett. I'm proud of you. <laughs> Well, I do what I can. I've been trying to catch up. I didn't. I really have. <laughs> You're only 30 years behind. <laughs> 
So uh, that's awesome. Well, um, <laughs> don't watch Lost. <laughs> <laughs> we'll be we'll be waiting here uh, with the punching bag and the tissues when you finish it. <laughs> If if you run into the room after season one excited and we look at you with a frown, don't worry about it. You'll understand no, in about if you do, just all watch last hours. season. Yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> oh my gosh, that was awesome. All right. Anyway, so Potty Cubans, we're so glad that you were able to join us uh next uh our next episode, which will be episode 30. We will have once again Dr. Brian Russell, our very yes. first guest he's coming back he's got a new book coming out and he wants to come on and promote this new book about centering prayer and a spiritual more importantly i want to give brian a chance to tell me all about centering prayer because i could listen to him talk forever amen hey our next question is on death on death so perfect (laughs) on death and resurrection so (laughs) the benefits and i love the way the catechism puts this the benefits like this is an insurance policy (laughs) under this (laughs) under this benefit you'll get this so So Brian's going to come in and he's going to uh, join us in this conversation. We're going to have about uh, the death um, and resurrection, our death and our resurrection in Christ. But he's also going to share with us um, from his new book and about his new book and what he's been doing um, and teaching pastors lately. And man, I'm way excited about that. So um, that'll be our next episode in a couple of weeks. Um, Y'all have any closing remarks? Anything y'all hey, want to I just want to say? say, we kind of mentioned it, but um, the commentary in the back of this book for oh. this question. Oh, gosh, yes. 36. So if you don't have a copy of Wesley's revision of the Shorter Catechism that, that Seedbed Publishing put out with yeah. um, McDonald's commentary at the back, it is rich uh, for this question, number uh, 36, is rich with uh, information and a breakdown of what it really looks like, the benefits of justification and the benefits of sanctification and how our life um, was di- is different with those two things in our lives and, and the way that, that God's grace works in our lives. So just can't, can't recommend that highly enough. You can get a physical copy. You can get a, uh, a digital copy whatever but uh y'all there are charts there are it's charts it's charts if you're a charts person yes yes absolutely and there are words there are words (laughs) and i think there's a few numbers as well so (laughs) well the the, kind of little inside baseball for y'all uh jim allen and i we were so enamored by this we had spent the day talk about hey we want to talk about this and do this and then the holy spirit said no so <laughs> i might we might have to do a special episode on the charts on the charts themselves the, two the so, charts. so yeah. uh I, we know we probably most of you are just like relying on us to to give you the questions and to give you the answers and you don't have a book but if you if you don't have a book get it just for this this question 36 and the commentary in the back and we'll put the link to buy the hard copy in the show notes. You know, we might need to do another book giveaway. Hmm, that's Ooh. a conversation we need to have eternally, eternally, okay. internally, it, or eternally. Well, it we could do it eternally as well. What <laughs> <laughs> okay. are the it, eternal benefits? <laughs> wow. Okay. All right, it's time to let these fine people go about their business. All right, friends, hit us up on social media at Potakesis where you can find us. Our website is Potakesis.com. You can also email us at questions at Potakesis.com. You can leave us a phone number at 40... A phone number? Don't leave us a phone number. Leave us a voicemail. 
That's what we really want. We don't want your phone number. If you send us your phone number, we're going to sell it. But send us a voicemail. We won't sell that. Uh, 404-635-6679. I'm just kidding. We're not going to sell anything. No phone numbers were (laughs) offered in the production of this episode. No camels were harmed. (laughs) And please leave us a five-star review there on Apple iTunes. You may be asking, why does he keep saying that? It helps us. It does something with an algorithm. At least that's what I've been told. And it helps us get known. So five stars there on Apple iTunes. And if you think about it, leave us a review as well. Well, I'm Brett Maddox. That's Alan Cation. Tomorrow. Okay. Who are you? Wow, we botched the outro. Okay. Everybody, Let's... we're the Potakesis boys. Have a great day. We're out. <laughs> Bye. <laughs> Alan wants to say something. No, I just was going to say, you probably want to edit that in. <laughs> All right, and done. Mm-hmm.